0: Before we get started, we'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land in which we produce this podcast, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and pay our respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. Hello, welcome to another episode of What a Great Punk, a podcast by Jamie and Todd from These New South Wales. Uh, we have Ruben Styles, one half of Peking Duck, on the pod today, which we're psyched about. Um, if you've never listened to the pod before, we're a band called These New South Wales, Uh, We have a Comedy Central series which is now available on YouTube for fans of Spinal Tap and that kind of thing. It's a mockumentary about us. Um, This is our 140th or something episode of this too. So, there's a lot of uh, old pods to dig through if you're interested. We've had lots of musicians, comedians, actors and the like on the pod. Um, So, check it out. You can follow us on Instagram, These New South Wales uh, and our music's all on streaming, etc., We're actually playing a live show, our first one back December 3 at Stay Gold in Brunswick. So, if you're in Melbourne, come to that. You can get tickets online. So, uh, yeah, without any further ado, we'll kick off the episode. This is a song by a man named Mark Sinatra. It's called Catchy Smile. Take it away, Mark.
1: Catchy smile You got that catchy smile Stop a while Come back with that catchy smile, come back baby, we'll fly away, come back, we'll just fly away, together baby, but don't tell your nonna.
0: Hello, welcome to another episode of What A Great Punk. How are you, Todd? I'm good, thanks, Jamie. How are you? Good, thank you. (laughs) Um, And we are... Very pleased to have Ruben Stiles, one half of Peking Duck, on the podcast. Hello, Ruben. G'day. How are we doing? Good. Last time I saw you, I think, was at... um, On Chapel Street somewhere, right? Probably. Um,
1: I've spent a lot of time in Stonnington Council.
2: I think we've only Um. ever seen one (laughs) another in Stonnington Council. (laughs) It's a fucking great place. Stonkington Council. Yeah.
0: You you, you don't meet many... um, Melbourne, well, Melbourne people. I mean, I live in South. So I live in Stonington. You don't meet. Oh, beautiful! Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm Hell fucking yeah. Southside hard. Mate, South is where it's at. I don't know if that's you know, necessarily true. I feel like it, it is in my heart,
1: though. <laughs> you know, all this northern hype. It's mm. um, it's all it's all rubbish. It's all a joke. I know. Uh, South is um, you know, that's where the real grit is. Do you reckon? <laughs> we'll I don't you, know, I've, I live in Sydney I've got no idea what's going on in Melbourne
2: How do you know it's Stonington Council then? How do you, because that's a pretty uh, well,
1: like, niche thing to whoa, know Oh
0: fuck, you live in
2: Sydney?
1: I do live in Sydney, yeah I live uh, in St <laughs> Peter's I, um, how, why,
0: So why do I always see you in Stonnington Council?
1: Because it's where, it's where I Adam, stay every time I lives? come to Melbourne uh, Adam did live in Stonington And um, Adam and I opened a bar in Stonington Shut Council up. and. Really? Yeah. Oh Revs. We, uh,
0: oh <laughs> Yeah,
1: you know, bought in. Yeah. Just uh, at the most iconic club in Australia. Mm. Just have a piece of revs, yeah. you know, sitting there to retire. Slice of on. revs.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> a slice of revs.
2: What? Now One we day-
1: uh, we opened a bar in um in South Yarra, but it's right next to Paran Markets on Commercial Road.
0: Oh and it's called What's Talk it to Me. Oh, it's called Talk to Me? Yeah. Whereabouts is that? Oh, so it's, hang on. So you just told us on the, it's on. So it's near Paran Markets.
1: Yeah, next to Paran Markets. And look, uh, the it, the reason it came about is because our manager Ben Dennis has always lived Stonington and Ben so Dennis. It, <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh,
0: Sick.
2: It sounds ben. like a name you'd give to the cops when you've given them a fake
0: name. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right.
1: It's, it's not real.
2: His parents were
1: clowns, but good on him. Yeah. The um. Yeah, the 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 reason we went for somewhere on Stonington was every time we'd come to Melbourne, we'd stay at the um, what is that hotel? <laughs> it's at the oh, Art Series Hotel, the on Commercial Road, the Cullen. Um, and so after all our, you know, we we'd played a lot of gigs in Melbourne, especially like in the. Start of dark and we'd be coming down like every single... Oh, I should probably... Excuse
2: me, I'll shut the door
1: so I don't annoy everyone. Is <laughs> oh, it okay, true yeah,
2: professional? <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: yeah, pretty much after every gig, we'd go to this random bar next to the cullen called Less Than Zero and it was always empty. We always had the whole place to ourselves and we always uh, could just smoke durries and do whatever you want and it was so great. In the, in the bar? Like they, it had like a little back area, but it was still
0: undercover. But oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do it I not real, know? I go to this area every day. I don't know either of these bars. Well,
1: lesson zero. It was a real stank house, and okay, uh, and the reason you didn't know about it is because no one knew about it. Mm. It was just it it was forgotten, and oh, okay, um, and so we loved it, and we were like, hey, <laughs> instead of giving money to these whoever owns this, <laughs> oh, like, why don't we? We buy the place that we just drink at.
2: Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> I, it's Hang like on, something s- from like a movie. Um, we should just buy the bar, and then you guys like make a pact, and you'll stand up on the table, like the chairs at the booth, and just cheers. Yeah, exactly right. So that's what
1: happened. It's it, literally you
2: bought less than zero.
1: Yes. Yeah, and um, and it was so funny that like that when they first. Uh, when we first approached them and asked how much do you want, they were they gave us a number and we sort of offered a third that thinking we don't actually want to buy the bar. And then six months later when we'd fully forgotten about <laughs> our drunken ideas, then they came back and said, Hey, are you still yeah. interested? And we we're like, well, for that price, it'd be silly not to. And so it sort of just happened by accident and by default, just because we lowballed to a, Point where we thought you know what we don't really want to do this and then it worked out yeah mm.
2: that's amazing
0: and so what so you've employed like a licensee or something to run the joint or manage and some managers and yeah. all that kind of stuff so we
1: got um steve hiles our mate from sydney who owns the uh <laughs> i can't remember. my this this head it's gone through years of good times um the <laughs> It is the horse in Surrey Hills. And, um, yeah, he, uh, he came down, moved to Melbourne and, uh, to be the 50% owner and Adam and I were 25 each and it, uh, yeah. And he owns and operates and runs the place and Adam and I on our end, we were just like, yeah, we'll just come DJ once a month or something like that. And, um. And so it felt like a, a fun little... Uh,
0: got to go, gotta go in there for a
1: drink. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're going to throw another party there uh, ASAP. Adam's been living in LA the last few years. So, uh, <laughs> look, and I've been in Sydney. Steve, he really got the, <laughs> the shit end of that stick and he's the only one actually maintaining his bit. Anyway, so we, <laughs> we're going to uh, we'll throw a fun party there soon and I'll let you know.
0: Sick. And here I was thinking you guys were just still just living in Stonington Council. Did you ever live in Stonington? <laughs> I've,
1: uh, I lived, actually, hilariously, here I am taking the piss out of Newtown. I've lived in Newtown the last, like, four or five years. Oh, oh okay. Okay. Mm.
2: Yeah. Is, is Adam in LA right now? Yeah. Like, Is he been in LA this whole time?
0: Yeah. Or did he come back to us? Nah, he stayed oh. there. Um Yeah The whole time we've been recording this pod He's been in <laughs> LA <laughs> Yeah As as weird as it is Truth
1: is stranger than fiction baby That's crazy yeah.
2: That is crazy What a wild
1: man Yeah I think It was that moment Where everyone started You know In America Before the pandemic Where everyone started lining up At ammunition shops And stuff like that It's like That's the moment When mm. everybody came home Um Except
0: Adam yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They really were lining up at ammunition shops eh? They really were And who who in
1: their right mind Would stick around when that's happening Like, That's just the number one sign It's like mm. you can't buy food and groceries Like literally Ralph's and all the Whatever they mm. are All the stores, Walmart's Were all empty There was mm. no food left mm. And then yeah. people were Lining up at ammunition shops It's like alright
0: Cool. I've had fun here. Yeah. I'm going to go home to my mum now. Yeah. Mm. So, whereabouts in Queensland are you at the moment? I am
1: uh, not far from this brewery, uh, Boiling Pot. It's a sunny coast, uh, but the northern end. And it's... uh, Look.
0: Of the Sunshine Coast? Yeah. It's bloody lovely. Wow. Whoa. And so, tell what's what's going on up there? What's what's brought you there? Yeah, I, uh, look,
1: there was a few opportunities to do some peaking dark DJ sets. So, uh, excusez moi. So I caught the uh, caught the old Airbus to um, to Cairns, quarantined for two weeks in a hotel room, just coming from Sydney. Mm. I saw that. And then, um, yeah, and then finally, I'm free to travel around Queensland. And so we've set up a home base here in. Um, In sunny coast and each weekend we just drive to Brizzy and fly to wherever the gig is. So we had Townsville last weekend, Cairns the weekend before, uh, did a little Ruben Stiles DJ set in Brizzy um, last Thursday and uh, going to Toowoomba this weekend.
0: Right, so is it like it, the, the festivals that you're flying in and out for, is that one festival kind of on tour around Queensland or something like that? So what's how it's going?
1: Yeah, it's it's all the same promoter, same crew, so it's nice and easy. We mm. don't feel like too obliged to sound check anymore and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, we'll just rock up just before the gig and leave yeah. straight after. Super yeah.
2: nice. Oh, that sounds mad. Sounds to me like you're living the life. I'm not going to lie that's Matt just working on the weekends uh, uh, even your uh, quarantine experience looked quite good just peeping that on social media you had like a nice balcony and some like got, looked like you had some good meals delivered
1: yeah it was actually great and I recommend if anyone has to quarantine do it in cans there's this delivery service mm. uh, called Nikki and she will drop anything off to your hotel she'll go she'll she'll go drive to any shop buy anything you want. FaceTime you and show you the clothes Or whatever you'd like literally need I had to get some wow. uh, coffee brewing Equipment and just all sorts of random shit Every day would be like Nikki Got a list for you and she'd just Go out and wow. grab all the things um, She said anything except nice. Illicit substances because unfortunately Her husband is a cop
0: mm. Oh okay mm. Okay cops do, cops do drugs as well though, don't they? <laughs> oh, Absolutely <laughs> <laughs> I was living next door to a cop until recently. She only just moved out. Um, she was a nice lady. Did she mm. sell you drugs? No, no, no. There was no. There was no drugs. Damn it. Um, although I did have a conversation with her partner about drugs one day, and he wasn't against them. Oh, oh. interesting. Ooh. So I got the impression that you know, Ooh. two yeah. and two together. Yeah, yeah. She yeah. knows drugs exist. Um, Ooh. she doesn't mind that they yeah. exist yeah so much anyway, um, she just moved out, which is a shame, um, because they were they were they were nice, they were really nice neighbors, and we had a we had an understanding whereby we could leave the blinds because we live in an apartment, we could leave our blinds open, and like there was a kind of just no look, no wave policy, but you just knew one another were there. Oh, that's nice you
1: know? oh that's so yeah, good. yeah so you
0: could see in the periphery and both you know maybe we're both cooking dinner or whatever. And you do you sneak a few looks, <laughs> naturally. <laughs>
1: it- I've got to say, I'm just a, a little bit jealous of how you guys have figured out how to not cover your face with a microphone. Oh, uh, so look, I'm very new to in studio. How's how's that? Oh, that's alright. Yeah, that's pretty wow. good. Wow. Yeah, is that clever? Yeah. That- oh, oh yeah. I'm, now I can. Mm, yeah, I'm on. Oh wow, I'm really. Maybe I'll really just pretend this is tv or something you know the the side cam how is that
2: Mm. beautiful perfect that's a good angle for you
1: have you um i've got a monitor where i can actually see you guys right now
0: you would have had a lot of Uh, it's a bad angle uh, a lot of tv experience have you ruben Uh, have you been on some tv shows uh there's been
1: um there's been a few cool appearances i think the best times are always in new zealand where it's like there's just somehow their fatigue. They can do whatever they want. Raucous is and it really suit. Super- and so I think New Zealand TV has really embraced us and that's cool. And living rooms and families, they're kind of into, you know, us just getting a bit heinous. And um, yeah, Australia's a little bit more uptight. And I think all our appearances haven't gone down quite as well in Oz. Is that right? As they have over across the ditch. I mean we've had we've had a lot of, you know, cool gigs on TV, like um the yeah. Firefight Festival and Arias and yeah. things like that. But when it comes to just shooting the shit, I feel like we're we're a bit better at, you know, slightly longer form, mm. not having to be like witty and snappy and mm. and just like and family, it's like there's Australian box just, they're not really it doesn't really work as well with us. But you know, we we've still had the project in a bunch of Cool things.
0: I was going to say, have you been on the project or anything? Yeah. What was, um, what, what was, um, what, what were you what, doing what on the project? Like? I want to <laughs> know. Yeah. What was that? Oh, was that
1: fun? I honestly have no idea what we spoke about.
0: Pete Helio looks like he's been in a pool all day. He's got chlorinated <laughs> eyes, don't you think?
1: I, he wasn't on when we, yeah. or maybe like he was on. Belly. <laughs> I can't remember. I, I think we've done it a couple of times, but I think Waleed Ali is a legend and he, he loves uh, he loves the duck and he loves the music, so he makes it really comfortable for really? us. But everyone else on there, I feel like it's like mm, intense, see. and you feel like you have to perform, and it's like ah, where he's sort of just like, yeah, what's up? So I kind of uh, yeah, okay, that, that intensity makes me uh, like quite anxious, so I, I'm not heaps into it. Mm. we're like the project in new zealand you get there and they're just like what's up bro it's like it's just so different oh yeah
0: oh, sick yeah yeah sick do you have it's- to like rehearse and shit for the project do you have to like work out do they go now then we'll make this joke and then we'll sort of segue here and you've got to kind of be a part of that or do you just go on that's cold, well we blind? always
1: go on blind thinking that we'll get the most genuine responses and we'd we don't, mm. and actually, the project in Australia they they like you to not know what the questions are, so that you do have yeah. spontaneous responses. Um, oh, good. But yeah, f- f- you can you sort of feel like everyone that's there is doing something rehearsed, and yeah. then you feel out of place because you're just going in blind, and yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's uh it's a doozy, and like with a radio question, you get. For example, even with like KISS FM, like a very fast-paced sort of commercial radio session, you you still get to answer in like a five-minute or whatever. You do what you want. Where with, mm. you know, the project or like any Australian TV, it's like your answer needs to be 10 seconds but have all that same amount of information. It's
0: stressful. Yeah, yeah. Don't wish yeah. it upon. That's mm, pretty hardcore, isn't it? One. Yeah, it's, it's a bit hectic. And so like you mentioned KISS FM. So you guys would would get a lot of airplay on stations like Nova and Kiss and all that kind of stuff, huh?
1: Well, look, we're always hoping for it because yeah, it, it does. Weirdly, you wouldn't think it results in uh, bigger gigs or better festival slots, but because like mm. those listeners, they're not into music at like especially mm. compared to Triple J and mm. uh, mm-hmm. and community radio, so. But weirdly, yeah, as soon as we got a song, like as soon as High started getting played by Kiss and Nova and Today FM and uh, Fox FM in Melbourne, like that was the moment where Duck like could actually play massive shows and like we could start mm. selling heaps of tickets to our own gigs and also get much better billing at festivals. And it's like mm. weirdly... There is a correlation between commercial radio and gigs. Even though if you think of someone like Guy Sebastian, you don't really think of him as a gigging artist. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's because he doesn't have the Triple J support, I guess.
0: Mm. I went once with Did my you? mum. Yeah. Um, very young. Um, went to see Guy Sebastian at the uh, t- t- uh, Twin Towns on, in Tweedhead. Is it Tweedhead? <laughs> yeah, the Goldie. What's Twin and, Towns? Um, is that like a shopping centre? Um, it's yeah. Twin Towns is like a um Tweed and Cooley, yeah. Tweed and Cooley. It's on the border kind of thing, isn't it? And it's, I mean, I should know. I fucking mm. grew up on the Gold Coast. Um, <laughs> it's like yeah. There's a there's a you can go and see acts at Twin Towns, but the you know the acts are like Guy Sebastian or whatever comes through Twin Towns, mm. um, or like you know a John John Lennon tribute band or something like that. Yeah, it's 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 kind of like a casino without the gambling. Oh, yeah. That's what, what Twin saying. Towns is, yep. right? And <laughs> and there might be like footy jerseys hanging up in the hall and photos of Phil Collins and stuff like that. Yeah. You getting the picture? <laughs> yeah. Lots of men
1: on the walls when I rocked up. So Emma, my partner, works for women and uh, we walked in there and she just saw like... The- Maybe a hundred framed photos and all old men <laughs> and, and Emma was like and, and they were all like, oh, all these members Like lifelong members of the club And Emma was like, what the fuck is this place? Have we just stepped into like the 50s? And uh, anyway, there was one, one woman oh, in a God. framed photograph up In the entrance of a hundred photos Yeah and, oh, Yeah, it's, uh, it's
0: Male-dominated boat Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally
2: Um, (laughs) What (laughs) you guys are describing is reminding me of a show I played years and years and years ago And it was at the Dapto RSL And it was supporting Faker (laughs) Um, And it was one of those big RSL like band rooms That are like carpet all the way back except for the little... Square in front of the stage, which was like that. Oh yeah, yeah. Polished wood. polished yeah. wood, like <laughs> yeah. tile stuff. That is like yeah. super dangerous if a, like a drink spills on it. But, <laughs> but really good for breakdancing. Great for breakdancing. Um. Uh. And yeah, it was not very full when we played there, and there was about ten people standing in that little wooden bit. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's the flashback I got. Is Dapto
1: just just curious? Is Dapto where the um. Where the, 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 the hot dog on a stick came from? Good question. The dapto oh. dog. No,
2: that's not a dapto. What is it? Dagwood dog. Oh, uh, dagwood. Isn't it a dagwood dog? <laughs> <laughs> that's what they're called in Adelaide. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Come on. It's a dapto no, dog. Get, I, I think you're Surely. getting mixed up,
0: Ruben, because the Dapto's there's a greyhound racing track there. So you're the thinking dapto of dogs. dapto dogs. Like, should we go put a bet on the dapto dogs? Oh. And you're getting it mixed up with the sausage on a stick, dog. which is a Dagwood dog. Look, I've been to
1: many festivals. (laughs) I don't really know what I'm buying when I get a food snack from the... uh, Those curly... What are those?
2: Those big curly fucking things. They look ratchet.
1: I'm feeling confused. I know there is a Dagwood (laughs) dog, but I feel like there's also a Dapto
2: dog.
0: There is, and you can bet on it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's the the Dap... what, which one am I talking about? Dagwood dog, for anyone listening that doesn't know, is like a sausage on like a popsicle stick covered in batter and deep fried and then dipped in tomato sauce half yep. of it, right? Yeah, that's right.
1: With it's ketchup and mustard if you're having a corn dog. Oh, yeah.
0: There you go. But
1: yeah, the uh, dagwood is definitely the uh, the one. I'm, I'm now thinking mm. of greyhounds. I'm mixing it up, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, yeah,
2: yeah. Dapto is... South of Wollongong So it's like you go through Wollongong And it's like You know how like Albury and Wodonga One of them's like Up
1: One's New South Wales The other's
2: Victoria Yes Yes but like one's sort of like um, There's a bit of a class difference Kind of thing going on there Mm.
0: Oh is there? Isn't there?
2: I don't know Well it's kind of like Adaptos where you
1: keep it real where the pinkers are
2: Wollongong south side. And if we're talking Melbourne, if we're yeah. w- Wollongong's Stonington and um, uh, Dapto is, I don't know, Sunshine. Yeah. There you go. Dapto's Frankston. Yes. Yeah, gotcha. That's better.
0: There you go. Franger, the Franger. Shout out. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, what I was getting at with Guy Sebastian is that <laughs> the one thing that I remember from that concert, and it really annoyed me, and I was only young. Is that he spoke like this? <laughs> <laughs> All oh. his ashes kind of shattered like this. And it wasn't a lisp; he was
2: just putting it on. Yeah, uh, he was. He was, he
0: was. It's such an honour to be playing here for you people tonight. Um, I'm show. Sure, I'm so sure excited to show you these songs. <laughs> <laughs> That's how he was I'm speaking. So excited, to and be I was like, he does not song. speak like that. I've watched. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wow, and um, he doesn't talk I like have, that. He doesn't talk like that normally, but I've but there's times that I've noticed him on TV where he has slipped into it again. It's a thing. <laughs> oh,
2: I was going to say, this is good. Maybe he burnt his tongue before he went out. Hot tea yeah. was too hot. Oh yeah,
1: he definitely has a hot tea. <laughs> yeah, maybe. You know, that's a classic vocalist move. A hot mm. tea, so I sing better. All
0: yeah, right. honey. Mm. Oh yeah, that is, isn't it? Do you ever do that, Jamie?
2: The hot tea. Nah. I don't think oh, I've seen I've you done do it. that. I've Only done if it. you have to.
0: Only if I have a st- hoarse throat. Mm. Yeah. 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 If it's too hoarse, then I'd. I'll need. I'll need a hot, a hot tea with some honey or something. Do you? Do you do any singing in
2: Duck?
1: Uh, yeah. I'd, for the live shows, I do the song Your Eyes, um, and then with uh, Wasted, yep. I do the falsetto choruses, but. Apart from those two moments, I uh, get to kick back and let the show happen. It's quite nice.
0: Ruben, is that you singing on your side project? Your only great always? Yeah. Yeah. So that's where I, I let the uh wow.
2: the vocals. Stunning voice, stay mate. On their yeah. demos. Oh,
0: thanks. Stunning voice.
2: <laughs> that's a great EP. Um had a good few listens to that
0: yesterday. Yeah. That's, let's give it a shout out. So Ruben Ruben has a project on the side of Peking Duck, also known as a side project to most yep. people, um, called You're Only Great Always. Do you go, do you call it yoga generally? Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's um, the acronym for Your Only Great Always. Mm, yeah, right. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, the, I started a side project because I've been making uh, lots of songs for a long time and, you know, with uh, Duck for every... Banger, I'd write I'd always I'd also just do something real low-key and and different and mm. you know have always done that because it makes producing more fun when you're not just doing the same thing um, and it makes c- coming back to yeah. doing duck songs more fun when you know perhaps yesterday you did a, mm. a funk song or a I don't know like a just a rock song and um so just you know offsetting each day so that you know it just keeps it Interesting keeps it fun makes going to the studio, you know, not like it stops it becoming work essentially. Mm. Yeah. Did
0: did you, did you produce the yoga stuff, Ruben? Yeah. Production's awesome, man. Mm. And the and the songs are so musical and like just yeah, it's super impressive stuff. Oh, thanks. Um. Yeah. How? How? So how did you? What? What? What's your story as a producer? Like where where did you start? Where'd you start? Was it like fucking around with GarageBand when you were 15 or something or were you a late bloomer or did you get straight onto Ableton? Like what was your kind of origin story with production? Yeah, I
1: guess, you know, GarageBand was a big one for uh, years 7 to 10. I was like, you know, trying to make blink songs as as you should Mm -hmm. and uh, all the pop punk vibes and then in year 11 and 12... I started using uh, a software called Reason, and it was, mm. you know, it was fun putting synths in the track, but I I still didn't really know what was going on, and um, and the all the, all the while, you know, would be I'd be playing in you know various bands and doing random stuff like that, and then Adam was, you know, doing hip hop, and we sort of. To came together on uh, producing electronic music when we first, you know, started taking pingers and going out to nightclubs, and we were like, "Fuck, this stuff is great! Mm. What, what are they doing?"
2: Mm. Yeah, yeah, side chaining, <laughs> that's what they're big doing. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs>
1: that sound of like, you mm. know, the first time uh, we heard, we were eighteen, and it was before, you know, the just before Bloody Beetroots blew up huge. In, uh, in Australia, our mate Tom yeah. was like, just came and sat next to us, and he goes, oi, check this out." And he put his headphones on, and it was that side chain beetroot's wall of sound. we just like, "Whoa, this is crazy!" It sounded like it. Someone had grabbed electronic music and made it like a real rock dog fucking thing. And we were like, "This is sick. This is not, you know, mm. baby gets shaky or." put your hands up for Detroit. This is like, this is dope. And, um, so straight away we're like, what's going on there? Mm -hmm. How do you do this? And so on reason we were spent like six months, like trying to figure out how to do shit. And eventually, um, we, uh, and we did it. you know, spent all this time just together like trying to route shit and watching YouTube tutorials. Eventually it hit a point where we're like, um, we saw our friend working on Ableton and, um, We're like, wait, you can just drag something from the desktop into the project and then there, and it just cut out like a thousand processes Mm. when it came to sampling, which reason had like
0: all these steps
1: if you wanted to use a sample. Oh,
0: really? You had to like record it into the DAW or something like that?
1: Oh, you had to put it into a certain folder extension to then, oh, yeah, for this reason sampler to then pick <laughs> it up. Oh, and yeah, then even yeah. once they've picked it up, you still can't do anything with it except do and just play it. So it was like it just changed everything. We were like, all right, Ableton, let's go. And uh, yeah, started uh mucking about with all the all the things that Ableton has to offer, which is you know mixing the synths with the samples, and you can record vocals straight into it. Reason you couldn't record vocals into it or anything, you had to. Oh wow! You had to use a, <laughs> another program like Audacity to record the vocals, then sample the vocals into the. Tra- it was trash, mm. mate. It's a yeah. Yeah. yeah, So as soon as um we got Ableton, it was like, oh, it's like we had the whole world just unlocked, and we could felt like we could do mm. anything. So we spent like a good year just taking our laptops, learn lots of tricks from uh, mm. and and just make songs and. I think after a solid year of just mucking around making random stuff, we started putting together like little mm. ideas and uh, and then we're like, all right, let's uh, let's like send these to uh, this promoter, uh, Hugh Foster, who is now in Brizzy but was in Canberra. Um, and he actually booked me for last Thursday's gig in Brizzy. But yeah, we uh, we sent it to him and then he sent out these like four songs to all the dance labels in the country and then oh, well, yeah. eventually we were like shit, we need to come up with a name. If we're gonna have this song on Beatport or iTunes, like what are we gonna call ourselves? Then we mm. yeah, we were like, All right, we gotta we gotta we'll just call it Peking Duck for the first song, we'll think of something better for the second song. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it sort of just just stuck because yeah. we were like We've already, you know, in Pineapple Express where he jumps in the dumpster and mm. he doesn't want to get out. We were already in the dumpster and, um, yeah, so it's stuck. And um, and now it's, like, my identity. Now it's all people, you know, they're like, hey, Peking Duck. And it's like, oh, that one decision 10 years ago will change the rest <laughs> of your life. Ugh.
0: Yeah, and so I'm curious, like, when you were sort of learning... Um, Making electronic music, you know, what you're like were you going, Oh, I wonder how they do that, and then researching that and then just trying to make a some version of a song that had a similar thing, you know? Like it was that your sort of your learning process? How were you approaching
1: Exactly? We were like, what is going on with this bloody beetroots thing? Like, why mm. does the volume go down and then up mm. slowly across the beat? Mm. And uh yeah, so that we didn't we we didn't know fa- I reckon another two years that that was called side chaining. Mm. We would just draw in the
0: volume envelopes. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. It's (laughs) so funny that isn't it like the long way around that you go on certain things. Because I remember listening as a teenager to Radiohead Records and just being like, at that point, I didn't know like anything about music production or synthesizers really or anything. I'd just been playing keys since I was a kid. And I'd hear just even like little... Bleeps and bloops, or little bits of arpeggiator, or like, you know, and I was just, and I was constantly just wondering, like, what, how, how have you done that? What is that, you know? Mm. Don't even know how you would begin to (laughs) make all the sounds that they were making. That
1: the best moment as well was realizing most sounds, I don't think they realized how they got there either. Like that, that moment Mm. where you're like, oh, like, because at, at first you think everyone's just this synthesizer genius and they just, anything yes. they think of, they can do. And it's like...
0: Dude, this is a really
1: good point, when, man. This is such a good point. As as you point. realize they don't know how they did it either, that's where you go, oh, wait, I can do anything. I don't have to recreate that. I can just see what happens. And that moment was so yeah. yes. nice. Like, that was a big... Yeah. That took fucking years to figure out.
0: Yeah, it's such a fucking valid point. I mean, do you so because I, I, I know I've I've had this direct experience and I'm sure that you have it now, when you listen to music that you've produced and you hear a part and you go, How the fuck did we do that? I have no idea what that <laughs> is. I don't remember what it was recorded on. <laughs> I don't know how Dude, I got it to sound like with that.
1: A hundred percent of my music. I have no idea how I got it and how I got there. With, uh, mm, yeah. I guess with classic tones like a Juno or a, or a Strat guitar, like, yeah, you can redo that. But mm, mm. when it comes to yeah. like...
0: But if there's a little something that happens in the, you know, the the sort of the right side of the headphones at a certain time and it's like a little effect or it's some kind of thing and you just think, wow, can't remember what that was.
1: Yeah. Never, ever, ever can you plan for that. You just have to spend time. And that's the interesting thing about being a producer, which... Uh, which I think is really cool, is those things really, they do happen the more time you spend working on the song. All those, like, mm. happy accidents just are, in fact, what make up the song mm. as opposed to, you know, going in with a plan or better yet going in with a written song and then producing it. It's like having that happen every step of the way. And you can tell Radiohead have that sort of, especially with that album album, Oh shit! What's it called? Co- the robot? uh no. Now I'm thinking of uh, Flaming Lips. Um, no, the yeah Radiohead, whatever the electronic-y, super electronic. Yeah, Kid album. A. Yeah, Kid A. Yeah, like you can tell that like they went in with not a, without a plan and let those random off the cuff things then allow for the next part of the song to happen and building yourself around those accidents. Um. I had a really fun session with uh with Luke actually from uh from these New South mm. uh, yeah X drama <laughs> where shout outs Luke yeah X drama um where we you know had, the, had a similar situation where a song just unfolded from a simply a sound mm. and then letting the sound carry it and then kind of letting trying to your best to and this sounds so wanky um but it's so so true is like just try your best to let sometimes the song write itself mm. and that sounds so stupid but i've been writing songs for a long time if you do have one of those cool sounds a spark you can sort of let things happen naturally afterwards yeah um but yeah i realize how that sounds and
0: <laughs> no i i think it's look no, I, think it's it sounds, I think it sounds i think it sounds like fair it's and it's like a really good approach to songwriting i think it's like and and I know what you mean. It does sound like well, how do you do that? You let a song write itself, but like, <laughs> just try to follow. It's just more or less just trying to follow yeah. following following inspiration rather than streaming exactly. Right.
1: And like yeah, trying to the song fight yeah. something with like well, big catchy melodies. Like never fight that. Like ever ever ever.
2: Yeah. Mm. Mm. Sorry. We were saying a similar thing the other night um, when we were writing Jamie. Where. Um, it's sort of the opposite where, like, sometimes the songs will tell you that there's no more to write within the song <laughs> as well. <laughs> like, yeah. there's, not, there's nothing more that you can do because we had a song and it's, it was quite in a simple, like, mm. arrangement and structure. And we're like, all right, maybe the song needs another part or, like, a different, like, thing to play over that part and just nothing was working. And sometimes you got to listen to the song when it just goes, uh-uh, nothing else yeah. you can do here. Yeah, yeah exactly Pretty right. Wrong. There's
1: so many times where you think a new section will be make the song better. And so many times it doesn't, Mm. I think, um, like I've got a a, a song, which I just literally sent to uh, the management like yesterday for yoga, where it, it only goes for two minutes and it did have a section at the end where it's just a whole new evolution of the song and it comes in and it's like stemmed off one of the riffs earlier in the song. There was a moment where I was like, Nah, I'm just going to have it stop Like, why not Why not cut that whole Like a yeah. minute of wildness at the end Which doesn't really, you know, make sense It's fun to be reckless with songwriting And have a minute of wildness at the end But for this one, it just felt mm. so right Just to end And then you kind of get that sort of feeling Where it's like, oh, I really mm. enjoyed that I can't wait to do that again And um, it's it's nice But yeah, with I guess with... Uh, yoga one of the songs on that uh ep that you might have heard the boat i left it goes for like six minutes it never ends but um i, I think you know allowing the song to do whatever is so mm. good and uh and speaking of radiohead like this is they i'm glad you mentioned them a second ago because they are like the epitome of be reckless but also don't don't fight anything like their songwriting i'd say is is always the uh Whenever you, whenever you got an uh, you know choices to make, decisions to make when writing a song. If you can step back and go, All right, go ahead, do. It's gonna steer that ship pretty well.
0: It's so true. There's not a note on their, any of their records that's out of place. You know, it's just everything is just so well, yeah, timed and structured so, and so placed. So so good. And
1: like with songs, like I don't know, everything in its right place. I mean, everything is in its right place.
0: I, I want to share I, I there's um on the upcoming mossy record there's a song and it's it's the, the it's the one song that I've written differently to any other song that I've ever written and it's an instrumental track on the record and um, it was born out of uh, I, I just made a very simple drum loop and then a, and a bass line on a, on a Juno and then just had that playing and then I just would spend uh, I, I think at the time that I, I I duplicated that loop until it was seven minutes long and then I had a few analog synths which I've since sold to, to survive I'm synthless now but I had a few <laughs> analog synths in the room and um, I would just do these seven seven minute improvisations um, on the synths and basically try and garble the sounds until they no longer kind of sounded like notes you know what I mean I was just trying to just mangle them completely and would just stumble stumble onto these um, it would it would become rhythmic and strange and um, I would stumble into these sweet spots and then so I'd do a seven minute take and then I'd listen back to the seven minutes and delete everything that sounded like shit and sometimes I'd only keep from a track uh, one moment and the other six minutes and 58 seconds I'd delete and I did about ten of those takes and then with that pieced all the bit, little bits of impro that I liked and kind of turned that into a, into a structure of an instrumental. And it was such a fucking fun and awesome and inspiring way to work when you, when you really, and you know, I was reminded of it just because we were talking about that whole idea of, of not having to know. Like, you know, I know my way around the synth well enough, but I, 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 I couldn't make things on demand. If someone was like, oh, let's make something that sounds like that, I'd be like, no idea. You know what I mean? I'd try. I'd get there in half an hour, but yeah, I wouldn't, I can't exactly. just dial that in to a synth. I'm not one of those kind of guys.
1: I feel like that is that's such a great way to do it. Like having like you know that, and that's how you get the experience for mm. a listener where it feels like a, a jam. Like yeah. it's not. It's like a, it's not like a constructed, perfectly produced song. It yeah. sounds more open mm. form, and it sounds and feels like a jam. Yeah, and I feel like LCD do that really, really well. Like the um, right, like a lot of their songs just feel, even though it's electronic and it's really well produced, it just does feel like a jam where they've probably done it. A lot of the songs, like in that exact sort of style, where you have, you know, a seven-minute drum loop and you just keep going to it, and then mm. listen back, ditch the, ditch the shit bits keep the okay yeah. bits for as long as you can until you want to ditch them too, but keep building off them and then have more and more happen. And then eventually it's like a, it's such a cool way to uh, to create that illusion that you are just jamming.
0: Mm. Yeah, it really is. It's fun to, to allow yourself to get into that space where you are um, not concentrating on, you know, playing the one lead line, trying to get that right or whatever, but where you're actually just like, you're completely, I don't know, I remember actually there's a David Bowie quote where he's like, you should, you know, when you go into the into the ocean and you can, you know, you're just wading through the ocean and eventually you get to the point where your toes are kind of touching and your sort of chin is just out of the water <laughs> and you start to feel like you're about to be like, oh, I can't stand anymore. He's like, that's where you should create music from. Wow. <laughs> so that was a pretty cool a analogy. very
1: cool analogy. Wow. Mm. That's, and um, it is
0: cool to get into that spot because it's, it's kind of scary because you're like... It puts you on, un, under. Un, un, you know, you don't really know what you're. Mm.
1: Yeah, you start thinking: Am I going to be that Australian prime minister that just got washed out to sea, or am I going to exactly. survive?
0: Yeah, or am I going to stand tall like Scotty? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was yeah.
2: Good. The, um-, um, hey Ruben. Um, just because I think our, is, our listeners would be interested. Um. Uh, you said you and Luke have been collaborating a little bit mm. um of of late. Um what have you guys been working on together?
1: Oh we've made a we've made a few really cool songs over the last couple of years. Um I guess since COVID hit we haven't, you know, had a chance to uh get it Um Yeah, there's been ideas which you know, we we, we don't we don't really like get together and go, All right, let's do something for dark or yoga or Let's like just get in and see what happens, make some songs. He's been writing for, you know, other people and so have I. So like if we write a song which sounds like it could, like we'll let the song choose its own destiny and then Mm. at the end then think maybe, all right, see what the result is and then maybe it would work with another singer, maybe one of these people. Nice. Like another artist or... Like maybe for us
0: is that a conscious decision you guys made not to not to um, sort of select what project it's for or is that just kind of how it's panned out?
1: I think it's just it just makes it fun because you don't have uh, like being directionless is a really fun state to be in. Um, it is I guess probably more efficient if you do know where it's going before you start but um, I mean efficiency in songwriting can also. You know, create mm. shortcuts And and mm. I don't know Sometimes you don't want to be uh, too efficient
2: Right yeah, I think in those collaborative sort of um, sessions as well um, Having too many kind of constraints to start with Puts a bit too much pressure on sometimes It's like, alright, we're writing a duck song Let's go um, mm. It's sort and, of and then To have it a bit more open Just lets the creativity come in And mm. if,
1: if I was to say we're doing a duck song Like how would he that Like then speak his mind on like Yeah On things It's like That it just automatically <laughs> puts like a weird hierarchy in the room And
0: Yeah It sounds like
1: Like really yeah. dystopian to work that kind of way Yeah
0: Yeah yeah. It's true Yeah Luke could be like Oh I think we should why, why don't we just like It should go like this here And you just look at him and be like Oh is that right <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how a duck That's how a duck song should go yeah. should You think you know oh. how a duck song goes Hey yeah, mate you want to sit in the
1: chair or <laughs> So you've spent 10 years playing to our crowds have you
0: yeah, yeah, oh,
2: yeah. oh I yeah. remember seeing you with flames coming out of your guitar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the second funniest thing you've ever said. Oh, fuck. Yeah,
1: sick. Yeah, it's um, it's it's very fun working with Luke's great. He's such a ledge. Yeah,
0: yeah. I wanted to ask you, like, what do you think? Um, you know, what what do you what do you, can you think? Can you articulate what you admire about Luke? Working with Luke, what, what do you find funny about uh-huh. him? <laughs>
1: Oh uh, yeah, he's just real subtly great. Like every yeah. like those little moments where you know, he won't like, you know, say anything like funny, but then like just absolute like perfection at times and yeah, I think he's um like he's just really uh just a really really clever guy musically and
0: yeah.
1: I um and I've had lots of really good post-session beers with him where we've just you know, it's it's like that thing where it's it's much easier to open up to someone you're not you know, you don't see every day. And uh yeah, I've I've been able to like have some really mm. like really special combos with him, which uh has has been really, really cool. That's uh, nice. and unexpected as well. Yeah. So oh beautiful I, man. It's like I struck gold meeting that guy.
0: Mm. Oh that's that's so awesome to hear. And I know what you mean, yeah, like when you say that you you know, you, you can uh Sometimes, it, particularly if you have a connection and it sounds like you and Luke do, you can have these conversations, uh, you know, a little more, I don't know, freely or openly because there's, there's not as much sort of history or or whatever between you two. So you're able to kind of open up a bit or something.
1: Yeah. And there's no politics amongst friendship groups and things like that. It's like you mm. can just, there's there's no one that could take offense by you opening up properly if it's, you know, someone once like just slightly removed from that inner circle
0: mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which
1: uh is it's and it's important to do that and i feel like uh i need to do it more
0: it is important to do that i saw on um a i think it was a triple j article with you ruben talking about um yoga and it sort of mentioned like mental health issues and all that kind of stuff and like is that something that's quite sort of important or close to you personally
1: yeah absolutely i um so when I was younger, like at the age of 17, um, just when at the age of going to like, you know, happy hardcore raves and uh, eating my dad with dogs and mm. having the best time ever, I did lose one of my best friends to suicide. And mm. um, so I, I, since then have always just, you know, been like, what, I, I can't, I'll never know why it happened, but starting to slowly figure out um reasons how and um i think a lot of it comes down to you know there's this there's this thing in australia you know that concrete and harden the fuck there's that mentality has mm. sort of stuck intergenerationally from our and it stems like over long history where it's like you got to be tough you got to be hard uh otherwise you know otherwise you're a shit can't pretty much and that that is like
0: Mm-hmm.
1: it's just backwards. And it's sad because it's, uh, it's still, you know, obviously living in the city, you know, you, you do not see it quite as common as like, for example, growing up in Canberra, seeing it like around there, there is like a real, you know, everyone's, all my friends from school are tradies and there is like a bit of that sort of mentality going mm. on, but still people do for some reason don't like others to see that they're they're not doing um they want to keep this illusion that everything's perfect Mm. and i guess um that in itself makes it really hard If everyone else is you know all smiles every everything's great Mm. then uh it can make people feel like all right well that's how i have to be and yeah then when you bottle it up, that's one of the worst things. And that's, I guess, um, where people start, you know, distancing themselves and things start to get really bad and people start to feel invisible. And, yeah, shit gets heinous. Mm. And uh, I guess, yeah, the uh, the whole thing behind uh, You're Only Great Always, you know, I, I had music ready to go, but I also wanted to have a project that wasn't just about, you know, partying and good times. Obviously, it's about good times and I'm going to be throwing some great parties um, (laughs) for yoga. (laughs) But it's it's also about, you know, spreading awareness and uh, I've dedicated the Instagram uh, or around half of the Instagram to posting mental health stories like every couple of weeks um, from other musicians and and friends and and just people just sharing stories uh, of, you know, perhaps how important it, it it was them like to them going through that uphill battle to come out the other side of depression or something like that and and that's i guess you know the project it's mm. got that yin and yang you know you got that it's good yeah. to celebrate good things but you know it's good to talk about the harder things too
0: definitely and w- do you want to give a shout out to the instagram what's the handle
1: oh yep the instagram is at youronlygreatalways y o u r e great Ah, uh, sorry. <laughs> Why only great always? Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so check it out. Read some of the stories. They're also uh, all the stories are compiled into one spot on the. Uh, I just uh, launched a, a new website, uh, so it's a nice oh, spot. Stunning. we uh Stunnington Council, and yeah. um, we uh, we've got all the mental health stories uh, from the past twelve months in uh, on the website, and you can just sort of scroll through and check them out. So it's a oh, it's, it's a nice catalog of stories, and okay. I wouldn't recommend doing more than like two or three at a time because it starts getting pretty overwhelming. But each of them do have you know really positive outcomes, mm. and so it's it's good reads.
2: We love a positive outcome. I'll um link to that in the show notes for the for the episode, yeah, so sick. People can Sick. Yeah. Sweet.
0: Nice. Me All out. right. Well, that feels like a pretty natural place to wrap it up. Yeah. Well. So. Cool. Thanks so much for coming on, Ruben. Oh, thanks for having me on. You bloody mad dog!
2: That was great chat. Um, let's get Adzi on too next time. Yeah, hundred we'll percent.
1: Yeah, he's uh, fun. he's right now. He what? is. Uh, he's really sad he couldn't be on because, you know, him and I. Uh, not going to lie, we fangirled out hard when we saw these New South Wales. That first, like, when when that first season <laughs> dropped, we were like oh, my God, this is the greatest thing in the world. That Like that when uh, <laughs> you're like in a backyard or something in Newtown, <laughs> you just go, hey, Sticky's voice. <laughs> uh, probably I'd get smashed. I was like, fucking hell. This is just, <laughs> the, the, the levels of clownery <laughs> are just so good. And then having pelvis and oh, everything, mm. we, we're big, big fans. So, like, I'm mm. not lying when I say he's heartbroken. He's not here right now. Um, <laughs> Sick. Sick. So yeah, Dude. definitely. And if he wasn't, uh, you know, rehearsing for a show which is happening like in the next hour um, in LA right now, He'd like he, yeah, he would hundred percent
0: be here. Alright, yeah, well, shout yeah, out. We'll get him next time. Shout out at him. We'll get. Sick. Yeah, we'll get, get him on as well next time.
2: Alright, cool. Cool. All right. You, Thanks, man. Rubes. Have a good afternoon. Yeah, you too. Cheers,
0: boys. See you, mate. Thanks, man. Bye. Bye.